welcome to the Dojo Talk Podcast. Please remove them shoes before entry. Say Master is here and you still have not taken off your shoes. To define man's mission yeah. Look into the sky for divine transmission yeah. Deaf man's vision makes the blind man listen yeah. Eyes on the prize, this is blind ambition Thank you Welcome to another edition of the Dojo Talk Podcast I am your host, Serial Sensei We are on episode number 171 As always, you can give this podcast a listen on SoundCloud, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Wherever you get your podcasts at, we should be there um, send questions to Dojo Talk Podcast at yahoo.com. Hit us up on social media at the Dojo Talk Podcast Instagram page, as well as the Facebook page. You can follow me on Twitter and Twitch, and also Instagram. I actually now have a personal Instagram. You can follow me on all three of those, at Serial Sensei, and you can follow my co-host on Twitter, at GC Zeus. And speaking of my co-host, back for our <laughs> second quarantine episode we're doing it again here with my co-host Antar Cool. What's going on, man? Nothing much. Just sitting back, chilling, um, not drinking bleach. <clears throat> yeah, yes, that's a good idea. Good idea. No, uh, no bleach. No, no uh, inhaling of the Clorox. No, uh, no resurgence Don't, of the Tide and, Pods. I, I am injecting Lysol directly into my veins, though. Mm-hmm. Just like the doctor ordered. <clears throat> yeah. They put it on that little paper. You got to do it. <laughs> they, put that, they put that on a little checkout slip <laughs> when you leave. Oh, man. Yeah. So, you guys, we're, uh, we're back for another episode. Um, these episodes are just kind of coming by the wind. We're kind of shooting off the hip. Uh, didn't really plan on doing these, but uh, just sometimes life just happens. Weird things happen, especially in sometimes the world. Sometimes life doesn't happen. Sometimes it does, you know? but yeah, life was, life, still at home. <laughs> life wasn't happening, and the UFC forced life to happen, uh, or <laughs> is trying to force uh, life to happen. Um, so yeah, that is that is why we are here. Um, but real quick, before I forget, uh, as always, shout outs to the listeners. Appreciate you guys, um, and also be sure if you have not already. Uh, like I said, we aren't recording episodes on the weekly anymore, but on weeks that we don't record episodes, I try to every Saturday do a fight night stream on my Twitch, so you can hit me up on Twitch TV, uh, at Serial Sensei, follow me on there, um, we've been doing fight nights for the last couple of weeks, it's been, it's been dope, good turnouts every time, we have a nice fun time watching the best and worst of MMA, kickboxing, boxing, uh, soon to be, uh, slapping, I don't know if that's called, but it's probably the official name, but <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that too. But no, nah, it's a good time, man. So if you're free on Saturday evenings, you want to fix for a fight, uh, we do it uh, on my Twitch channel uh, at 6.30 Eastern Standard Time, uh, normally on Saturdays. If you follow me on social media, I always post before we go live, um, and you can give us, uh, come hang with us, man. Come watch some fights with us. Uh, but like I said, shout outs to the listeners. I'm going to still shout out the top cities. Even though uh, there's still a few people out there listening. Ain't a whole lot, but it, <laughs> I'll, I'll acknowledge those who have been. Uh, number one city, 
uh, Clifton, New Jersey. Number two, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Number three, Chicago, Illinois. Number four, Pretoria, South Africa. And number five, uh, Redwood City, California. So shout-outs to you guys, man, all the listeners. Hope you guys are staying safe, staying clean, uh, not inhaling bleach or any of those cleaning substances. Um, you know, we'll try to keep some contact going, keep help people get through this uh Get, get through these crazy times with it, man. Try to get, give you some content to kind of help help your time pass by, man. We all we all could go for a little bit of distractions right now. Um, so, I guess, with that being said... Oh, actually, um, I know what. I'll, I'll save it until we, uh, before we start. Actually, no, 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 no. I'll do it now. I'll do it now. Um, uh, don't like starting off episodes off on a sad note, but... Uh, I gotta do some, unfortunately, some rest in peace, um, acknowledgements before we get started. I want to do them now before I end up forgetting. Um, rest in peace to, I think he was from Brooklyn. I know he was from New York. Uh, rapper Fred the Godson, um, he passed away at 35 from, uh, COVID-related, um, you know, his, his battle. From the Bronx. From the Bronx. It was one of those. Yeah. But um yeah, he, he passed away. He had I think he had been dealing with, with corona for a while actually. Um but unfortunately he, he, he lost his battle and I think he had a wife, had kids, two kids I wanna say. Really, really messed up, man. Really uh really messed up. I didn't listen to a ton of his music, but I actually do have uh, one of his songs on my playlist. Um, I like that Nokia song with him and uh Benny the Butcher and thirty eight special. I like that song. But uh, he was a really talented rapper, man. Rest in peace to Fred the Godson. Um, rest in peace. Um, I hope I'm. I don't know if I'm butchering this name. Uh, I don't know if it's JC or just Jace Prescott. Um, he was the brother of Dak Prescott uh, for the Cowboys. Um, I don't know what he passed of. He literally, as of this recording, I want to say passed like yesterday. Um, and not a lot of information has been really put out about how he passed. Um, but I, I think he was Dak's older brother. Uh, rest in peace to uh, Mr. Jace Prescott. Uh, rest in peace to Skylar Herbert, who I want to say is the youngest person to pass from COVID. She was five. Um, she was uh, from Detroit. And when I saw it, I was like, man, just that's, ugh, that's, that's, that's rough, man. That is. Just stories like that, and I'm like, I don't understand how people aren't taking this seriously when a five-year-old is, you know, she's gone because of COVID. Because they'll say, it's just one five-year-old, mine will do fine or something stupid like that. Yeah. But, just wanted to uh, acknowledge those, uh, those three, and anyone else, um, you know, it's crazy times we live in. Please uh protect yourself. Stay clean, stay sanitized. Don't don't go out if you don't need to. Um you know, the the usual. That being said, rundown of the show. Today there will allegedly be a UFC card that will be taking place on May the 9th. And Normally, I wouldn't care. Um, I've been really detached from sport news as of late because I don't consider any of this to be real. 
but the only reason we are recording this podcast is because this is taking place in the great state of Florida, where <laughs> even with the Rona, anything is possible. They have shown. I mean, they, the they WWE is recording right now. Yeah. If if this card wasn't taking place in Florida, I would have completely ignored it. But the fact that they said this is happening in Florida, I said, well, I guess that means this card is actually going to happen. Because as we've seen, Florida does not care. They don't care about the Rona. They don't care about none of that. Yeah, the, the, the governor of Florida is a fucking idiot. Hey, you like, said uh, sports are essential. Well... We won't get into why he says sports are essential, but he's also the dude who's, I believe he was the dude who said that he didn't know that you could get, like, you could be a holder of the road and not show symptoms, so. Yeah. Yeah, he's not the brightest um, bulb in the box. Yeah, these are the people that uh, run our country that we're supposed to look to for leadership uh, in a time of crisis. Yeah, he opened up a few of the beaches down there. I know they opened up the one in Jacksonville, but like this is all based. So we're recording this, in, you know, not to date us, but we're recording this on April twenty fifth. Yep. So that would give us like a solid two weeks, um, before uh, you know, the UFC can, uh, runs their show. Um, that's plenty of time for shit to just go bad. It like, is a lot of time. <laughs> Especially if Florida's going to keep waxing their rules. Well, well, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll get into it when we get to the car, but this allegedly won't be the last uh, event. Florida pr- plans on being being pretty busy in May with the UFC. Um, I don't know how this is all going to work. Who knows if any of this will actually happen. S- Unfortunately, I just believe Florida is dumb enough slash crazy enough to pull it off. And I, I don't mean that in a good way. These shouldn't be happening. But if they're going to happen, I guess I'm just going to talk about them. Because what can I do? What what can I do? But uh, before we get into that, I guess real quick, I don't know, try to bring some, some lightheartedness. Uh, just a, a general question. What, what have you been doing, uh, sir, to... Uh, what's, what's the word? What, what what have you been doing during this quarantine to you know keep keep your days going help help time pass by if you watched anything new picked up any new hobbies what's what's been uh what's been keeping you afloat uh i've been running uh, i i have like stuff to work out from home so i've been like i do programming at the library i work at so i've been filming to um filming like activities and stuff for people to be doing at home with their families um i've been watching a lot of dugtails <laughs> you know um ex- uh, uh, exercising uh walking to the store <laughs> yeah that, that's the highlight of my day right there they go get me like a bot like a bottle of sprite or some sweet tarts that's the height of my day. Like, I, I knit. I play video. I've been playing video games. Hey, I beat hey. Breath of the Wild. Wow. I beat Breath of the Wild. You know what's sad beat, about that? I've owned that game for like six years. <laughs> and you beat it before I did. I mean, it was the only game I had at the time, so it wasn't, you know, hard. Um, but like, I got a hundred something hours in that game. Mm. 
Yeah, no, I, 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 beat, I beat the shit out of it. Like, <laughs> everything. Uh, what you call it? Uh, I got, um, I also got, I also beat Undertale. Which I is, know the name, which but is, I can't, can't place a face to the game. Uh, um, other than that, not much. Like, no, it was just, you, you sleepwalk through the day a lot. Uh, how, how about you, Sensei? What you been up to? Uh, how you staying ahead of existential dread? Well, I don't know if it's a good or a bad thing. Uh, quarantine hasn't really changed much of my daily operations as somebody who doesn't go out that often. Um, though I will say, um, even as an introvert, I, I, I'm really, really, really missing going on food adventures. Um, I, I'm pretty, I might have mentioned this last time on the podcast, but <laughs> this this whole, like, COVID thing happened at the worst time for me. Like, I was just uh, making a concerted effort this year. I told my therapist this year I'm going to make a concerted effort to start going out more. And I finally did. Like, I was, I, I went to Comic-Con this year. I went to a car show. I was going on food adventures. I felt like I was really making progress. And then this happened. And then I was like, all right, I got to go back in the house now. <laughs> I guess I've had my fun. But, um, no, I've, 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 been, I've been okay, man. I've been good. Uh, like you, uh, working out, exercise has been a really big thing. Um, I've, I've actually ramped up. My exercises, I've just been finding a lot of videos on YouTube, just trying different little programs here and there. Um, I've increased the frequency in which I work out. Like I'm, There are a couple of days this month I've, waking, I've woken up at like 5 in the morning to work out, and I've never done that before. So this quarantine might have, might have turned me into crazy, man. But um, workouts have been helping. I feel a little lighter. I, I can see the... You know, the love handles in my stomach, they're going, going down a little bit. I'm like, all right, I'm doing something, making progress. Uh, so exercise has been a big thing. Also, like you, video gaming has been a big thing. Uh, follow me on Twitch, people. I've been pretty active on there. Well, I've, I haven't played much this week, but <laughs> I've, I've been streaming a lot. I've been clearing out my backlog of all the games that I haven't beaten from way back when. Um, so that's been fun. been playing a lot of video games. Um, been watching some anime. I watched um, The Promised Neverland. Which is an amazing show, man. That show is so good. Only 12 episodes. But my God, it's like the most stressful 12 episodes ever. But it's such a good show. So if you've never watched The Promised Neverland, give that a look uh, if you're into anime. Uh, been on my Netflix a little bit. We spoke before the recording. I've been, been watching a couple movies. Finally getting back into that. Because I'm not somebody who really watches movies at home a lot. Because I have a... My attention span is hard for me to watch movies at home, but been watching a few movies uh, and writing, you know, always writing. Books don't write themselves, so been working on that. So I've been, I have more than enough to to keep me busy. Uh, I peek at the news every now and again to make sure the world hasn't completely collapsed. And since it hasn't completely elapsed, I I, I take my peek and then I I go back and you know go 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 back to my my, my little my little little turtle shell <laughs> or work yeah. on whatever i'm working on but yeah, no, i've been keeping it uh keeping it slow and steady man taking life one day at a time i'm working from home now so uh, that that also still keeps me busy so i, I work uh my schedule changed a little bit but 
you know, fortunate to still be able to work, still have some some income coming in. So I, I've been I've been managing. I've been managing. Yeah, yeah. I forgot my other new hobby. Um, I take old family photos, and I just Photoshop them on my phone <laughs> to make them look weird. Like I made one of my. One. But I, I made one of my brother and my sister dunking on Yao Ming and Shaq uh, <laughs> yesterday. I was going to say, like, have you put your family on Mount Rushmore yet? You decide, like, right. which ones actually make it. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's a good idea. I haven't thought of that. <laughs> that. There you go. See, they started off weird, and then, they, they, like, they just started off, like, weird, like, haha, that's funny, and then they just got creepier and creepier. <laughs> Like the, that that first, that one that one of them dunking on shacking out me was first. The next one was I put Bigfoot in the picture of like my family. He's like in the background. Then the next one's like my sister is like a baby with my grandmother, like trying to teach her how to ride a scooter in the grass, and my great grandmother in the window. And then there's like a uh, Jason mask. This is like right there. <laughs> um. One of my coworkers uh, was I uh, have a photo on my phone of one of my coworkers wearing like a bunny suit. Mm. So I like graded out, uh, made it really small, and put it in the background of this photo of this girl taking a picture in the forest. <laughs> so it's just her peering at this girl from behind the tree. Hey, so you hey hey look at this look at that as you know you're sharpening your tools, man. So. <laughs> When this is all, you know, when hopefully when well, life it, gets back to normal, you, you can have a, you know. It's like a little shitty app that digitizes everything. So, um, I'm, I'm going to give me, like, not real Photoshop because that costs money. I'm going to give me one of these alternative ones that is, like, free. I'm about to say it might be cheap now, though. Like, a lot of these, and I, I would encourage people listening, a lot of these, um, there are a lot of, like, softwares and programs that would normally be really expensive that during this quarantine, like, are on, like, major discounts. Mm. Like, I've, I've seen, like, uh, language software that was originally, like, hundreds of dollars. Now it's, like, 34 And, like, a lot of uh, places are offering, like, online classes for photography, all kinds of stuff. So I, I would tell you guys, man, keep your, uh, keep your eye out, man. There, there are a lot of... Not, not to overwork yourself during the quarantine... Because, you know, you got to keep your mental health in check. You don't want to do too much. But, like, if you're looking to pick up a new hobby or, you know, just something to pass the time, there are definitely some opportunities out there. There, yeah. there There's some stuff out there. A lot of, a lot of also, stuff on discount right now. Um, One of my friends told me about this. I'm not sure how true it is, but she works in the hospital, so I'm, I'm going to believe her. Uh, I think she said she bought something from them. But uh, North Face... Um, if you're a medical worker and you have some way of proving that, apparently they're doing this thing where they'll give you like 50% off of items, um, like in their store, like new ones and everything. So like, you know, if you're working somewhere cold or you just want a North Face, you know, maybe look into that. Uh, but it's for medical workers. Oh, my man. My, oh, my bad. I was gonna say, and yeah, I forgot. And shout outs to you know everybody on the front lines, man. Medical workers, all the uh, cashiers, all the, all of like the local uh, your local food spots that might hopefully are still open. You know, still trying to get business. Everybody just everybody out there who's still trying to stay afloat. 
Cause, uh, I think probably one of the saddest parts, and we can get off this after this, it's get, getting morbid, <laughs> but I think one of the saddest parts kind of about this whole situation is a lot of, I don't think it's really hit me, and it probably won't hit me really until, like, life somewhat returns back to normal, whatever normal becomes, but, like, a lot of these small business places that I go to might not be around anymore, like, yeah. this is over, and that's really 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 gonna suck like that's really really gonna suck a lot of them unfortunately are not gonna make it um but you know so if you, if you can support your local business during this time um i would urge you to do so because they they definitely needed the most definitely needed the most um but moving on oh also real quick <laughs> i forgot Last thing I've been doing during this, during, ah, doing during this quarantine, I've listened to a lot of music. I'm currently keeping a Twitter thread on my Twitter of all of the albums that I've listened to uh, during this lockdown. And to be honest, this list isn't accurate because I didn't start counting until like after the first week. But I'm currently at 72 albums. I normally do like four a day on the days that I work. So that's also been the thing I've been doing. Um, but, moving on. MMA, COVID, somehow this is all related. <laughs> COVID has affected everything. Sports isn't the same. We just had the NFL draft, and they had to do that, like, a, a virtual draft, which is crazy. I didn't, I didn't really watch it, but I saw, you know, little clips here and there. Um, yep, WNBA draft, uh... A week and a, a, a week and a half ago, they did the same thing. Yep. Everybody was home. Granted, they didn't have to deal with everybody on Twitter being fucking insane, so. A whole lot of, like, girlfriend shaming on Twitter from the draft, which I was not expecting, but uh, I guess I wasn't sure what to expect with them being home, so. Yeah, I don't know. I, I haven't watched any clips, but I've, uh, I don't know, I, I can't really speak on it, because like I said, I, I, I didn't, a lot of this sports stuff, I've just, during this whole thing, I have been so detached. Like, I, You know, I did see one thing, I don't know anybody's name from the draft, but I did see one thing that I thought you'd appreciate. Uh, it was a dude from the Atlanta Falcons, I think, who got drafted, who was like, I love football because I'm allowed to hurt people and the police won't show up. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. <laughs> I was like, damn, dude, why don't you just put on some fucking boxing gloves? <laughs> and he was dead serious. Yeah, no, there was like, no levity in his way. Yeah, he was like, he was yeah, like, yeah, no, I just like hurting people. And, like, I get to legally punish a man, and and nobody can do anything to me. Like, I, I can just go on about my day. And, mm-mm-mm. That's the mentality about football I don't like. Not so much that they can hurt people, but it's just like, oh, you can hurt people and you can punish them, and like, they can't punish you back because that's not the rules. It's like, dude, if you want to hurt somebody, hurt somebody who's going to be able to hurt your back. Uh, we'll see. I didn't I mean, see that guy's probably, name. He's too big for super heavyweight, so. I'll catch his name, see what team he plays for. Might, might keep an eye on him. <laughs> might, might have to keep an eye on him. Um, like four years now it comes out he's like a serial killer. Yeah, yeah. But like I said, man, COVID just put a, put a, put put the clamps on the sports world. Um, 
So I before mean, we get to this card, uh, thank God we're not talking about the sports war, right? Yeah. <laughs> we're talking about the circus world. Yeah. This this is like the. Uh, you ever watch like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies? How they always like kept Leatherface in the basement. Like he stays in that other room. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> this is what MMA's that other room. Like MMA, like when you when you go over to your friend's house and you know that you know that he has three brothers, but you only ever see two of them, and the other one he isn't really like allowed out in public. Yeah, that, that's what MMA is. Um, he's that other brother in that basement. Um, but uh, COVID has uh has affected uh, the MMA world. Different promotions are uh dealing with this in <laughs> various ways to say the least um so before we get to this card that we will talk about um just just wanted to give give some updates on how the MMA world is handling coronavirus uh we acknowledged Bellator last time and I'll, I'll give them a brief little shout out uh Leslie Smith uh, had tweeted out and this was <laughs> This was in a response to a UFC article, which I will get to in a second. Um, but uh, her tweet said, I got more than double uh, 20000 from Bellator, and Bellator has a life insurance policy, which, uh, side note, I don't think either of us knew, but shout out to Bellator for life insurance. Uh, said she's feeling good about her career choices right now. And if you don't know what she's referencing, uh, I forgot what Bellator card was upcoming, but whatever card they had had that was upcoming like before this all went down, um, they canceled the card, and they paid everybody that was set to be on the card, which, great move from Scott Coker and company. One of the only promotions that <laughs> that handled this the right way. Um, and then the other cards that Bellator has upcoming, I, I can't remember what, what dates they are, but I think they're upcoming in May. I think most of them has been postponed. Um, UFC, on the other hand, uh, they, they, they did something for that UFC London card that we uh, would have gotten. Uh, and this this is what Leslie Smith's tweet was in response to, and why she mentioned that she got double. Uh, that is because the UFC London fighters, and this article I'm reading from Bloody Elbow, uh, written by Shaquille Majuri, I'm saying that right, uh, UFC London fighters paid 20,000 max for canceled card. That's right, 20, 20 Gs. That's it. So... Imagine what the people down the card got. Right. Imagine, imagine the people who weren't in the main event or the co-main. Because it says 20K was the top. That was the, the first line of the article says each fighter on the UFC London card was reportedly paid no more than 20000 according to ESPN's Ariel Hawani. Um, this conflicts with a previous report that fighters would receive their base pay. That payout allegedly had the fighters divided uh and then it goes on uh Hawani goes on to say i'm told the fighters who were slated to compete on the ill-fated london card on march 21st received more no more than twenty thousand. as you can imagine some of the higher earners aren't too pleased with that amount while others were happy to get something for nothing um <laughs> sad part about that which i'm pretty sure we all know it's not like the ufc couldn't afford to pay these people that much like yeah. It's just yeah. It's it's not. It, I'm trying not to turn this 
podcast into like a whole political statement because I feel like this is this is like a microcosm of. I mean, that's everything's a microcosm of how the world works. Yeah, yeah, because it's not just the UFC that's doing this. It's not just the UFC, but for the sake of this podcast and the sake of my uh, my stress levels and all that, <laughs> just we're gonna keep it just to the UFC. But I can't imagine. I'm the headliner of the UFC London card. I would have been the headliner, and you're giving me 20 Gs. When I would probably normally take home upwards from 70 to six figures, possibly. Depending on... I I think I said the last time we were recording, like, Dana White has absolutely spent more money at the Palms in, like, a weekend... Then it would have cost to pay all the fighters their salary for uh, their their purse, not even like their win bonus, just like their their base purse, right? For the month of April and May, like. And then also, you got to think for that those twenty Gs, you still got to split that between paying uh your trainer, coach, coach. A, a manager. So that twenty G's turns to like less than ten, I would guess. Yeah. So there, there were uh, uh, there was a couple of managers who came out and said, you know, the UFC was really fair, X, Y, and Z, who you know really casting up to UFC. Um, but it's also worth noting um, that. The anti-fighter, uh, the anti-trust lawsuit against the UFC right now that's in court um, has been tied up for the past few months. Um, one of the complaints brought up by the, uh, the the fighters was that their managers were working in in um, <clears throat> in favor of the UFC. So, if if you hear that type of talk from any managers or agents or like a Mal, uh, what's what's the name? The the Cali the Cali brothers, Malky, the Malky brothers. I remember the names. Um, uh, maybe you know, take it with a grain of salt, because you know, uh, I, I'm I'm sure they have a, they th- their interests don't lie with their clients. Ah. <sighs> Fucking gigantic lie, man. fucking if, if, mess. If I'm a fighter, especially if I'm like a main card, like I'm I'm the name on the card, and you offer me twenty G's, yeah, I'm not practicing social distancing. I'm uh, we gotta talk, <laughs> dude. <laughs> they like, there ain't gonna be no social distancing. Twenty thousand is what uh, that Lester dude. Claim John Jones promised to pay him to train yeah. for uh, <laughs> like Alexander Gustafson or something like yeah. like that's nothing to, when you're in the main event and like that is there's a decent that's... chance the dudes all the way down the card got like five hundred bucks. Well, he probably gave them like gift cards. Like they probably did. like whoever was on like the hey. fight pass prelims. He like you gave them gift cards. Gift card. You got re- you didn't get gift cards. You got like coupons. Fifty percent off your Reebok gear. <laughs> he probably gave you Groupon a Groupon code for a place that you can't even go to because it's on lockdown. 
Yeah. <laughs> he, he, gave, he gave them like a Dave and Buster's like Groupon. Oh, you can take your whole family and get the unlimited games for $30. Oh, we can't go there. Social distancing. Yeah, good. Best of luck. Go there when they open. God. So, yeah. That's that's a little uh little peek in how the UFC has been uh handling this. But more than that, we'll get to their card uh, a little, little bit later. Um. We have to, we're not even gonna get to the fact that like uh, the the stupid fucking the pay per view they tried to put on earlier this month. Oh, that was only a week ago. Holy shit! This month is oh my god, my, my yeah. brain is fried. We're, we're not even gonna get to that because they tried that up until the very last minute. Before we move yeah. off, the, just shouts to Jeff Sherwood who broke the story on the UFC trying to go to Tachi Palace. Yeah, they, they they tried to hold a real life Mortal Kombat card, <laughs> and then the governor of California had to call the head of Disney and, and like, tell them Yo. to stop. <laughs> and then they tried to do it on like an Indian reservation so they could like sidestep. Tachi Palace. Yeah, like come on, like. That is disgusting. Disgusting on a lot of levels. We talked about why that's... We talked about why the UFC did that last time, so I don't want to fucking talk about it again. Fucking yeah. Dever. Just, mm, not... Yeah. Nah, that was nasty. That was nasty on a lot of levels. Nasty on a lot of levels. Um, But, real quick, because you were uh, paid a little more close attention to this than I did. Uh, PFL... Uh, Okay, we're gonna start with PFL because yeah, I, I do want to talk about one, even though it's like uh, only a couple thoughts. Well, I'll, I'll let you into both of those. So I I didn't read really too much into either of these. <laughs> All right, so uh, PFL um, earlier last week they came out. Uh, it came out on multiple websites that um, PFL would be playing their fight uh, would cancel their twenty twenty season and pay their fighters their annual stipend, which according to at least one fighter, is at least $1,000. Or is about $1,000 a month. Um, that, that was part of actually the deal with PFL when they first started. They Each fighter who's on salary, uh, who's on the roster gets an annual like stipend. Um, that was something they wanted to try out. Um, what PFL didn't say when they put out this press release is that they were cutting about a third of their roster. Um, this only broke because uh, I want to say it was Globo down in Brazil broke it. Um, so, yeah. Um, and you know what? PFL is a small business. Um, I, I know they got that recent cast infusion of like $25, $50 million or whatever. But the way that they make no money whatsoever on their events leads me to believe that money could literally be all gone. Plus the fact that they give out like six to ten million dollars a year off the bat to fighters um who win their tournaments so you know whatever i'm, I'm gonna pretend that, that that that's not a factor i'm just gonna look at the fact that they cut one third of their roster i want to know how many of the fighters who got cut were ali abdelaziz guys because the answer is none I feel like there should be a lawsuit somewhere in there. It's, it's probably going to get nasty next year. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. like, If you're getting cut from the PFL, 
because you're not an alley guy, you're probably dirt broke. That's the rub. You know what I mean? But, um, oh, for those who don't know, because he's no longer the head matchmaker for uh, P, uh, World Series of Fighting, a.k.a. PFL, uh, Ali Abdelaziz is one of the founders of PFL and was originally their head matchmaker, despite being the agent for a considerable amount, amount of the talent on the roster, including dudes like Marlon Moraes and Justin Gaethje when they were both with WSOF. So... Not only did he get to negotiate their contracts, he was also receiving a percentage of that contract. And he still manages a shit ton of fighters on the uh, PFL roster. So I, I, I am I. I was led to believe that the president of the World Series of Fighting is like a real sports guy. He was like a Washington D.C. guy. Um, he's he's been around a lot of those organizations, like the the Wizards and the um. The Mystics and the, uh, the the Redskins and stuff, but how much influence does Ali still have in that uh, in that front office? And is it enough to keep all his fighters from getting cut? Because there's a decent chance he still gets a stipend, like he gets a percentage of that stipend, right? That's still pot- potentially a thing. Shady. So. Yeah, no, this <laughs> combat sports are shit. Yeah. And this, uh, unfortunately, this COVID on so many levels, not even just sports, but we, we won't go there, but it's, it's really amplified. Like things that were bad that we knew were bad, it's just amplified it by like 20. Like people that we knew were trash just gotten more trash. And organizations that we thought were trash continue to be trash. Um, I'll give them credit for canceling their season, I guess, but that's where the credit ends. Yeah, that, that's like baseline. Yeah, it's like you, it's you get like the small pat on the back for doing the right thing, just for that one thing. But it's like everything else you did. It's like eh, this. It's not even doing the right thing. It's just like not messing up. Right. You did. You did the bare minimum. You did the bare minimum. Um, I, uh, I don't know, man. It's a lot of those guys from that roster gonna be looking for new yeah. MMA homes, and it's 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 yeah, yeah. It's it's rough, man. It's it's rough. It's rough. Um. So that's 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 PFL. That's that's how they've been handling COVID, uh, allegedly. What's, uh, what's one championship been up to? I haven't, so, I haven't kept I, an eye on this story. I haven't. Uh, they had to cancel their Singapore event that they had planned for, like, I want to say it was, like, one of these upcoming. Uh, I want to say it was last week. Um, so I haven't heard much on the front of, like, actually getting back to business, which is fine. Um, but I do want to talk about Chatri Sidyatong, uh, um, who is the founder and CEO, maybe, of one. Um, we talked about him a little bit on the show before. He is a he he is a corporate mouthpiece for uh, for one, who is very image. Um, he, he's he's an image guy, like he's the guy who makes sure that one like hires all those fake photographers at um, that you see at the beginning of their like uh like when fighters are walking in and stuff. 
He tries to make the uh, one look bigger than it actually is. Like the, the whole. Remind you, he reminds you of the honor and integrity, and the the grace that is one championship. Yeah, and the fact that like after one's very first show, uh, Shinya Aoki threw a water bottle at fucking uh, who was it? Uh, <laughs> who, who was it? Um, was it Kawajiri at like a Ryzen event? It wasn't a rise of it. It was one of those events, though. He he, he threw a, a water bottle at Kawajiri on live television and faced no repercussions, but whatever. Um, the the reason I bring up Chatry is he was on. Um, he he caught a little bit of flack, I guess. Um, so I'm just gonna read you a little bit of what he posted to Facebook. Oh boy. Um, so what do you know about the one, uh, the global citizen one world concert, Sensei? One world concert? Yes. Nah, I, I don't, uh... All right, this mega concert. Like a, they have no. a band? We'll, we'll get to that. This mega concert, one world, together at home, will feature... Performances by the world's biggest art, uh, stars, including Lady Gaga, John Legend, Alicia Keys, Taylor Swift, Billy Chris Moore, Pharrell Williams, Usher, Jennifer Lopez, LL Cool J, Elton John, Andrea Bocelli, Celine Dion, Charlie Puth, Stevie Wonder, Sam Smith, Paul McCartney, and many others. Tatry don't know them. No, he doesn't. <laughs> so, <laughs> So, I, I I skipped over the first part of that um that uh that uh, little blurb there. So apparently, one partnered with the Global Citizenship Organization to live stream a concert that was being held by uh Global Citizen that's called One World Together at Home. And it went on to raise over like a hundred million dollars for COVID research, um, and stuff like that. But the wording of Chattree's uh, post made it sound like it was a concert being put together by one championship. And as a result, you got headlines like "One Championship Concert Raises Millions for COVID Relief," posted to the uh, Philstar.com. So basically, Chattery used charity, uh, a charity that he did not directly have influence or involvement in. One, basically, you know how they live stream things? Yeah. They use their they use their like platform to live stream the concert, but they weren't the only ones who did it. It was like a oh, like that was the platforms. notification that I got. Yes, because I still have their app on my phone, and I remember getting like a weird. You know, I'm like, what are they talking about? And I just kind of ignored it. Yeah. Wow. So, um, chat the the wording of Chatry's post made it seem like one championship was the one responsible for raising a hundred million dollars or whatever for um for uh, COVID relief. Uh, but it wasn't. It just had a fortunate type. It just had the fortunate name of One World, which uh makes it seem. Like, uh, uh, I found the post. One world, one is all capitalized, 
in the actual one world together at home title uh, created by uh, the global citizenship partner um it's not all capitalized it's capitalized here like it is in one championship one championship at uh, one world together at home raised 127.9 million dollars for covid relief for our frontline healthcare workers around the world please join me in congratulating and thanking our partner global citizen the world the world's largest organization dedicated to ending extreme poverty that he goes off to list all these celebrities who um performed uh, and then he goes on to thank all the one championship fighters for playing their part to help fight covid 19. Bro, dj been home chilling he he don't know what you're talking about chatter you don't know no john legend <laughs> I, I i think they had those fighters on like in between acts to like speak you know like uh like it was like a new year show or a grammy award show or something like that you know like john legend did his thing from home and then they cut to a video of like dj but that was specifically on their stream like if i don't know like, uh, like vivo for example on youtube had their own stream i don't think demetrius johnson was talking to a bunch of like um andreo bocelli fans <laughs> I think he was specifically talking about the one stream, but the wording of it made it sound very confusing. So I, I wanted to call it. Where's, where's, where, where's my sage Northcutt save the world from COVID speech? COVID's pretty bad, huh? Oh man, I, I demand this footage. Where's my sage Northcutt footage? Let's see. They plan. They didn't get the right. right person to do the speech. Cut the sage. That's all I got. That's all I got. I'm, I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. We, we can get to... Um, yeah. What are we talking about today? <laughs> so, today, we're going to break down, give some predictions on a UFC card that is supposed to happen on May 9th. Uh, and just in case you guys didn't know, I'll mention this real quick. So the UFC is planning on holding three cards in Florida, which I mentioned earlier. These will be going down at the Star Veterans Memorial Arena in Jacksonville, Florida. It will be uh, a show without an audience. Uh, so we'll be getting UFC 249 on May the 9th. And then we'll be getting, allegedly, two other events on the 13th and the 16th. Um, those other two cards, uh, the bouts, have not been announced yet. Um, but that is allegedly supposed to be a thing. And like I mentioned earlier, the only reason I actually believe it this time is because it is in Florida. And we know in Florida, anything is possible, and I don't mean that in a good way. But, to put some context to this episode, uh, the news of this card kind of broke randomly like the other day. It wasn't really a, a precursor to any of this. It was just, you were just scrolling on Twitter, and it was like, oh, UFC 249, May 9th, Florida, and they just kind of threw it out there. And then like five minutes later, we started getting fight announcements, and that went from one or two fight announcements to now we have a whole card. Um, so context for this episode, the Anti-Cool has not <laughs> read any of this card, so he doesn't know what's going on. I have. Um, not that I've really put a ton of thought into it. But I've at least had a chance to like look over the card. The Antaku has no clue. Uh, well, he probably knows the main and the co-main. But outside uh, of that... Can, can, another PSA for our fans. 
or, or listeners or whatever, fellow fans, you don't have to buy this card. Oh, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, that's, yeah no, pirate the shit out of it. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, this is the one time I will openly say, yeah, I'm, I'm that's just getting bootlegged to the umpteenth degree. Um, it is uh, a, uh, a national crisis. I'm not loaning you $70. Yeah, fuck them. Sorry about that. Take that $70, <laughs> invest in, like, I don't know. Um, I was going to say stocks, but the market's shit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, in, invest in a nice, like, food processor. You know? Go crazy. Yeah, you, you can do a lot with $70 that doesn't involve... Why did, they could have just put this whole card on ESPN. They could have, you know, fucking helped us because all. It, bro, there's, there's nothing else going on. Like, you really want to get your product out there? The only Everybody's going to watch this. that is right, back right now is fucking right. bull riding. <laughs> bull riding. Like, bro, y'all could have had ESPN. Y'all could have had a whole... Like, eight-hour block of ESPN to well, yourself. Well, guess what? If they do it on ESPN, they'll get that sweet, sweet ESPN pay-per-view revenue. God. I can't wait to see the numbers this pay-per-view does. This, this just, this does not make sense. You're, you're trying to do a cash grab in a pandemic. I, you know what? Let's just get to the card, because this, this could turn into a whole... I just I, I don't get it. I mean I get it because they're greedy and we all we all know like at the end of the day, pandemic, no pandemic, capitalism reigns supreme. Uh it is what it is. But I'm just saying, no other sports to compete with could have had a whole car whole you would have owned the network. You would have owned ESPN for that day. No and everybody would have watched. People who don't even watch MMA, who have no idea who any of these fighters are, would have watched just because it was a sport. I don't know. I don't know. Pirate it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. In fact, if you need a link, just hit me up. <laughs> if you need a link, hit me up. I got you, man. I got you. But, so, we're going to do some predictions. We're, we're going to do some predictions. Uh, of these matchups, uh, we'll probably run through the whole card. Why not? Why not? All right. So, kicking off UFC 249, the main event will be an interim lightweight title fight between. Well, he should still be interim champ. I don't know how this works, but <laughs> interim lightweight title fight between Tony Ferguson and Justin Gaethje. All right, Antakul, I know you haven't had time to really prep for this. Oh, Justin Gates is going to knock him out in the first round. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Say goodbye to Khabib Tony. You think? Absolutely. Tony Ferguson is the slowest starter in the lightweight division. Mine is maybe Donald Cerrone. And you're going to put him in there with the hardest hitting, fastest starting, Leg kickingest fighter in the division. The only man who is pathologically more aggressive than he is. Mm. Just to get you first round knockout. Wow. Vando mm. <laughs> Venata almost knocked out Tony Ferguson in that first round. 
Anthony Pettis almost knocked Tony Carson out in the first <laughs> And I, like, I, I get that Anthony Pettis is like this really dynamic striker and everything, but like, it's not the best version of Anthony Pettis. Yeah, not not the guy who should be having you on skates. Yeah. So, mm, you know, I'm not, round the show. I'm not going to lie. Like, as much time as I've had that I could have pondered on this fight, I actually didn't put a lot of thought into this. I'm 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 kind of split on this because I I want to see Tony fight Habib so bad. <laughs> so like that part of me wants to say Tony's going to win this. Ah, this is hard, man. I'm kind of on the spot about this card too, honestly. Like I've read the card, but I didn't put a lot of thought into really any of these fights until now we're just kind of going through it. Mm, this is this this is hard. It's gonna be a wild bloodbath of a fight for how, however long it lasts. Um, I, I want to say that just Tony's unpredictability will give him a chance, but also like Gaethje's the one guy who. While he isn't, like, as technically wild as Tony is, like, Gaethje's not rolling for leg locks and Eminari, like, he's not doing all that. But, like you said, that that create that, 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 that toughness factor, just that wild man, just untamed beast factor, he's the one guy in that division who kind of matches that, that Tony has. <clears throat> but... I'm a stick. I'm a stand my ground, and I don't want to see Gaethje lose. But you know what, man? I I, I gotta stick with Tony. I'm I'm I I can't I can't like properly rationalize this or like give you guys a technical breakdown. Um, I will say Tony's gonna take a lot of licks. Um, it's not gonna be a, be be pretty. But I'm I'm gonna say Tony's. I don't know what to call it. In- innovativeness. <laughs> If that's a thing, um, his innovativeness and his his uh, that that gas tank that just never seems to go on e. He he's gonna out crazy gate. Mm, that sounds wild to even say. <laughs> Can you out crazy Gaethje? Yeah, I'm sticking to it. I don't care. <laughs> Tony Ferguson is gonna out crazy Gaethje. It's gonna be a nasty, violent bloody affair but I'm gonna give it to Tony Ferguson I don't know how any of them live through this fight I don't know how this goes all five rounds <clears throat> this is hard you know what I'm gonna say you know Tony, I, I will t- I, I, I'm sorry um, I'll add a caveat I have no idea how Justin Gaethje has been training which is the thing we have to consider with all these fighters. Yeah. Like I, I know Tony for well, a fact well, has well, been. I'm about to say we've seen what Tony. <laughs> we've seen what Tony's been doing. Yeah. No. Tony's been out here living his best life. Um, yeah. Training in like a uh, like a three piece suit. Um, yeah. Hitting suplexes on the dummy before like doing backflips and then punching the heavy bag. But like I don't know what Justin Gaethje has been up to. I don't know if he's been sparring. I don't know if he's been like wrestling. I don't know if he's had partners. I don't know. I know they called on him to replace um, Khabib late, 
but like Tony's been training nonstop. Like he 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 made weight last Friday because he's a psychopath. Um, but like I I I don't know what shape he's gonna be in, but I'm gonna stick to my pick because Gaethje seems like the type of dude who, who you know defies a stay at home order and goes to the gym anyway. Yeah. <laughs> This is like the one fight on this card I can't really give like a technical breakdown for. It. This is me just kind of, I'm, I'm like I'm just going with my heart. Like I think my 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 eagerness to see Tony Habib will not allow me to imagine Tony losing until that fight happens. So I'm gonna say Tony Ferguson out crazy Justin Gaethje, and I'm gonna go bold. I'm gonna say fourth round TKO. Tony Ferguson. I'm nervous about that fight now. I'm even thinking about it. Jesus Christ, that that's that's gonna be a that's gonna be one. That is that is that is a boy. <laughs> Moving on. Moving on. Co-main event. This fight is gross. <laughs> this fight is nasty. This fight shouldn't be happening. But I'm I'm there's a part of me that is oddly intrigued, even though this fight is gross. Co-main event, Bantamweight title fight, Bantamweight title fight, Henry Cejudo versus Dominic Cruz. So, like when I saw this, my first thought was ew. (laughs) My first thought was yuck, get this away from me, I don't want to see this. Why, Why is Aljamain Sterling not in this fight, why is... Well, I don't know. I don't think Petr Jan lives in the U.S., so probably travel reasons. He probably can't make it. Well, but, the planes are grounded in Russia right now. Yeah, so that that makes sense. But I'm like, come on, this 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 should have been Aljo. Assuming that and I don't know Aljo's situation, but if Aljo was ready to go, this should be Aljo in this fight. But since this is the matchup we got, um. Let me let me do something in real time real quick. I feel like we we go we go through these like Dominic Cruz is one of those guys that we just never when have we spoken see him, on the show. Huh? We never spoken about him on the show. Yeah. He's never he's fought in the years we've been doing this podcast. Right. Like, <laughs> like we we mentioned him but never like to cover an actual fight because he's just never around. So, and we just the, go through these the, long the, stretches where we just don't see him. The last time he fought was about a week before we started doing this. Right, it was UFC two. <laughs> We've never covered a Dominic Cruz fight on this podcast. Nope. That is craziness. So he's officially been gone longer than the first time he was gone after the Demetrius Johnson fight, which yep. was his last hell of the fight before the injury that took him away from the sport for about three years. But I'll say in his defense, when he did come back, he looked great. Obviously, he lost the Garbrandt fight. But I mean, even that fight, he won two rounds. I'll give him that. Yeah, like he bodied Mizugaki, having a split decision with well, now we know Mr. EPO TJ Dillashaw. 
Nothing to be ashamed of. He he basically fought a mirror match of himself and won. <laughs> and then, you know, gave gave, gave you Rod Faber the, 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 the hands. Um and then, you know, like I said, lost to Cody, but still looked decent. Um And I, I think what intrigues me about this fight is obviously my first thought was like, well Sahudo's never really fought anybody like Cruz. And you could go to the Dillashaw fight, I guess, and you could say, you know, Dillashaw fight similar to Cruz. But I would counter that with Cruz, I'm going to say, fight IQ, probably higher. He's not going to do what, um, he's not going to do what Dillashaw did, did to Cejudo. What do you mean? What do you mean? Uh, Cut down an extra 10 pounds? Yeah. <laughs> that. <laughs> try I get knocked out try almost to... immediately? Right, yeah, like, he's not going to do that. Yeah. Like, Cruz is not gonna do that. He he he's he's gonna last a lot a lot longer than, than Dillashaw did. So I'm like this this could as much as I don't like this matchup because I, I feel like this he doesn't deserve like he's literally coming off of a loss. So it's like yeah this this already isn't really sitting well with me especially with a guy like Aljamain Sterling in the wing who's been really on a tear lately. They could have even have given this to what's his name and I probably would have been happy. Um, Cody, Corey, Corey. Yeah, Sanhagen. They could even gave it to him, and I would have been cool. But I'm like, Cruz's footwork could be interesting against Cejudo. Cejudo's never had to really deal with this whole. Cause I mean, honestly, but the Dillashaw fight, he didn't. Dillashaw didn't get to do any of the b boy. That none of that really happened. That didn't. That didn't go down. Um, so I'm like, this could be interesting. But every time I'm predicting fights. One of the things I take into the most consideration is how exactly are you going to win and how many different ways can you win? And for Cruz, it's only decision. He has to go far. He's not knocking Cejudo out. We've seen the iron head <laughs> that Cejudo has, those shots he took from Marlon Marais and still managed to live. Cruz isn't knocking him out. That's not happening. He's going to have to win a five-round decision. Could he maybe, you know, still two rounds early? Footwork might be, you know, real on point. You know, he's able to get in, get out, not really take a whole lot of damage. Or, you know, maybe just land more. Could happen. Over the course of five rounds, I don't know, man. I don't know. Like, if Cejudo can get his timing down, and just considering how fast he is, I, I could I could see this being one of those fights where Cruz is doing okay until he's not anymore. Um, but then it's it's hard because outside of the Garbrandt fight, we've never really seen Cruz doesn't really get like handled like that by anybody, and that's what really makes this fight so weird. When I look at Cruz's like career in context, it's like. Yeah, he's lost fights, but outside of the last fight that he had like four years ago, whatever that was, nobody really handles him like that. Like, he manages to, I don't know, dude, he's really good. He's amazing. He's a really great fighter. And just off of that alone, I, I want to say like he, I think he has a chance to pull off this upset, but I just, I don't, it would be great if he did win. And I think he can, but I just I I don't know if I'm really willing to bet on it. 
I don't know if I'm really willing to bet on it. Um, I think we're going to get a really interesting fight, and I think it's going to be a good fight. But I'm going to say Cruz probably starts off good, but I think over the course of five rounds, Cejudo's going to he's gonna figure it out. And I'm going to say Cejudo wins a, a five-round unanimous decision. I think he'll eventually get his timing down. Um, I think his speed will be a factor. Um, and as we've seen, like, Cejudo is, dude's an Iron Man, man. Like, he, he ate a whole lot in that Marais fight and still managed to <laughs> just really gut it out and then just go ham <laughs> that second round moving forward. And just his overall skill set, I think he—I he, think he'll show why. As cringy as Cejudo is, dude is a phenomenal athlete and has transferred to fighting pretty well. And he's been making leaps and bounds of improvement. Uh, I think just his overall skill set is his talent's going to carry him. I think. I think his talent's going to carry him this fight, and I, I think it'll give him a decision. Um. I can't pick a 35-year-old with a bum knee and a bum shoulder <laughs> and a bum plantar fasciitis um, to beat a guy like Henry Cejudo. Um, like, like, there's going to come a point, and I, I agree with you a little bit. I, I think Cruz is going to start off, you know, cruisy. It's going to take Cejudo a minute to figure out what's happening. <clears throat> But the minute Cejudo decides that he doesn't like what's going on, with as fast as he is, and as powerful as he is, uh-huh. what is Cruz going to do to stop him from moving forward? Because unlike um, you know, TJ Dillashaw, is he going to be able to take down Henry Cejudo? Nope. Yeah. <laughs> nope. And if, even if he does, like, is that good for his knee? Like that, that because you know, he really likes to run into those change of level. Like, does like he throws something? Like, <sighs> the last time he fought, he was thirty-one. He's thirty-five, man. Like, that's a long time. <laughs> and I, I, like, I, I checked his Instagram while, while you're talking, and um, he's been training. He's been training. I'll give him that. Um, but the knee is still wrapped. I don't know if that's a precaution or if it's because he feels pain there. Like. And I, I give him the cardio edge, obviously, over 25 minutes, but, like, does, does his body stay together for 25 minutes? Does Cejudo, yeah. like, does Cejudo kick him um, when once the leg and it just fucking falls apart? So... Um, and like, so is the thing with Garbrandt beating Cruz is that Garbrandt is a much more patient boxer when he chooses to be, which sounds ridiculous in hindsight. But like, Cejudo doesn't do well when um, he lets the other guy come to him, or at least he has not historically done well. Like, 
Marlon Moraes was beating his ass before he decided that he just was going to chase after Marlon Moraes. <laughs> um, you know, uh, you know, the D, the second DJ fight, um, DJ was like DJ got after him on the feet when he just stood there. It was only when he came forward and started applying pressure that Saudo started having success. Um, historically, those are the types of dudes who cruise beats, but also historically, those are the type of guys that like, you know, it's Scott Jorgensen. It's an undersized, underdeveloped DJ. It's um, I'm trying to get somebody else who's been who was super aggressive against Cruz. Um, what's his face? Um, Justin Benavidez, uh, who is a much better fighter now than he back was back in WEC, like. Yeah, I, I, between like the, the 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 other factor is that of course um, Cejudo is coming off injury himself. He hasn't fought in almost a year. No, 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 not that long. Um, when did he murder Marlon Moraes? June, July. I try to try to forget that incident. <laughs> yeah, I think it was June. I want to say June. So it's almost been a year. So. You know, he has that going for him, uh, Cruz does. Like, you know, uh, we, we don't know what type of shape Cejudo's going to be in, but Cejudo seems like if there's any – like, Cejudo's one of the very best athletes in this sport. Um, Like, if there was a ranking, he'd be, like, top five, top ten at the worst. Um, yeah. And, like, it, that's the type of dude – it's not like he's a quick – like, I mean, he's not, not a quick Christopher Switch dude, but, like – his style doesn't rely on him necessarily being the faster guy. Mario Morais was faster than him. And it still didn't matter because, you know, Cejudo's athleticism and toughness carried him through it. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'm picking... Uh, the, the, the one real chaos factor is that, so, that Cejudo asked for this fight, and there's every chance in the world he just fucking blows it. Like, he, like no. <laughs> that, that that's always the key to these matchups where like the guy the champion asks for a specific challenger and just like MMA karma says you have to lose now. But also the, MMA is the chaotic sport that it is. It's just as likely that he wins by like knockout and then calls out Jose Aldo and then we all have to deal with another cycle of Henry Cejudo as champion. And then Aldo wins. Wait, what? Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Because that's... Oh, my God. Wait, wait, wait. Henry Cejudo's fighting Dominic Cruz, a.k.a. the Dominator. So what are the odds that Henry Cejudo is going to show up to their media day, if they have one for this event, just as a, dominat- uh, a dominatrix? Yeah, don't, do that, don't, do that. <laughs> don't put that out <laughs> you can't. You can't put that kind of energy out there. That oh my god! I was so mad you reminded me of that fake snake. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, hold on! I almost knocked my microphone down. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man! Uh, uh, don't do a media day. We don't need it. Well, we don't need it, I'm man. Sure. Everybody stay quarantined until fight night, man. Just there, everybody chill out until it's actually time to fight. <laughs> yeah. But nah, interesting matchup. And if, if Cruz does somehow pull this off, 
that goat status boy uh if he's still not already in your head still like the greatest bantamweight ever which i would still say he is to me as of right now um if he beats Cejudo, it's pretty much undisputable like he's the greatest bantamweight ever and it's, it's probably not really a question i'll i'll say that concerning injuries and all if you can beat dillashaw and Cejudo. And, uh, oh, he beat. yeah, and DJ and Faber, albeit Faber was a bit older, but he beat him twice. Like, I'll, I'll be ready to give him that, but we'll see. We'll see. All right. So we both, we both, we both agree on that. Uh, I tweeted, All right. Moving down. I tweeted it. So it's going to come into existence. Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Moving down. All right. These are the fights you definitely don't know about. All right, moving yeah. down the main card. Next, next fight. You know, you know, it's, it's not a, it's not a UFC card if heavyweights ain't on the main card. Francis Ngannou versus Jarzinho Rosenstruck or Strike. I don't know if it's, is it really Strike? I don't know how to say his last name. No one seems to. Everybody says it's different. But uh. It's funny, before we started recording, I looked up highlights of both of them. I was like, oh, it's just videos of them just knocking people out, because that's kind of just what they do. Yeah. Um, so, the, on, the only X factor that you have to consider in any heavyweight fight, not even just in MMA, I feel like it's across any any heavyweight sport in, in, in combat sports. Um, heavyweight is just a weird division. It only takes one punch because everybody's so big. Everybody's really strong. It doesn't necessarily mean the most skilled guy will always win. One punch can literally just turn everything around. Um, this fight has potential to be really boring. I could see that. Two really strong guys. I ain't going to say we'll get a repeat of Ganu Lewis, but we could, we could get something slightly sort of maybe related to that but I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be positive and say that we won't um both guys hit really hard they can kill you in one punch but i'm just gonna say Ngannou's fought better competition he's fought stipe he's he's been to the top of the hill and kind of seen what it takes to to get to that level um so i'm gonna say his freakishly um, <laughs> inhumane strength and experience and hopefully I, I would like to think that since that Stipe fight that he's learned a few things or two and hopefully maybe made some adjustments to his game I'm going to say Ngannou by knockout so I think this is going to uh, be a little bit of a repeat of the um, of our all time favorite fight Derek Lewis's Versus Francis Ngannou, I, I think they're gonna stare at each other a lot because like they're both counter punchers. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm gonna pick Ngannou just because I think he has more tools to win. Um, I think he could wrestle a little bit. Maybe we've seen him take guys down in that one commercial that they shot for um, Vegas. <laughs> he, he, he hey, he signed. does have a he he does have a couple more submissions. Uh, that's true. That's true. Yeah, and we saw him in side control in that commercial, so we know that he knows what grappling is. <laughs> um, so you know, um, but um, you know, we we've seen him jab before, which is a good sign. Um, 
Like a lot of, like I don't remember a whole bunch of that Overeem fight other than Overeem was winning until he got knocked out. Um, yeah. Like a lot of Rosenstrike's other fights are just like him like countering like a really bad punch. But that's the problem with Engano because a lot of Engano's fights are him just countering a really bad punch. Um, you know, like he did with JDS. Uh, I, I wouldn't call what he did to Overing countering so much as Overing getting big brothers in the clinch and just giving up. Um, so, like, it's really, like, the, the, like, like, Rosa Strzok's the dude who came from kickboxing. If I'm remembering right. He, he, he was, like, in glory, was he not? Or he was about to be signed by glory or something like that? No, this is just, uh, he, he's like yeah he's like fought some like really good kickboxers like Benjamin Ade, uh, Adeboy, um, twice Michael Dutz, uh, Murat Agyan, uh, uh, Jafar Wilness like he's fought like legit kickboxers but like it's heavyweight so that doesn't mean you're good it just means you fought legit kickboxers um, so you know what yeah I'm gonna go with Engano because I've seen more of him. I more or less understand how his game operates. Like, but again, heavyweight, it doesn't really matter. Also, I know Engano for a fact has been training every day. Um, I don't know what Ro- like Rosenstrike. I don't believe is based in the United States. Could be wrong. Um, no, he's based in Florida. So Lord knows what type of training he's been getting. Oh Lord, for what he's he's been training for real. They don't care. Yeah. He probably got a full gym. <laughs> Lord. Yeah. So you you, you rolling with Ngana too? Yeah. I mean, I'm not confident, but like no one should bet on heavyweight. In any yeah. sport. I, I told that to Stoves. Heavy, heavy. Listen. <laughs> Heavyweight, no matter the skill, no matter the skill discrepancy, is always a fifty-fifty. It's just we we don't make the rules. We just that's that's just just a lot of game. All right, I feel like next 50-50 fight. Are like is too nice. Twenty, like there's always a twenty percent chance that nobody wins. That is true. That, that's an incongruous situation. Yeah. <laughs> what? I say once in a lifetime phenomena, but uh, it's yeah you got you got you got to take that into consideration too. All right, next fight, featherweight. This should be fun. Jeremy Stevens versus Calvin Cater. I'll let you kick this one off. Who who you got? Who you got in this? Um, Cater. That, that, that's just that's that's just mean. Like, why would you throw Jeremy Stevens in this fight? <laughs> you don't, you don't think you don't think Stevens got a chance to get the knockout? Um, hold up. How many people has Jeremy Stevens knocked out that weren't like Duhit Choi or Josh Emmett? I, I guess Dennis Bermudez, but that was like a flying knee. Roni Jason, who has terrible striking. Like, dude is not the knockout machine people make him out to be. He's got some finishes on his resume, but, like, I, I fully expect 
uh, cater to just carve him up on the feet with the jab. Just hit him, be gone before he's able to hit back. Um, uh, maybe, maybe he works the leg kicks, um, you know, like uh, Hanaba Kano did when he fought Cater, but I, I see Cater taking his lunch, to be honest with you. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, um, I'll give Stevens credit in that. Uh, he might be able to get off a couple of hard shots. He might be able to catch Cater with something, maybe stun him a bit. Maybe, maybe once or twice. But, um, Cater's boxing is just a bit too good. A bit too crisp. A bit too clean. Um, it'll be a fun fight in which Cater will always have to be, um, not on edge. Um, but, you know, he'll, he'll have to be cautious. You gotta, you gotta respect the, the strength of Stevens. So he'll have to be cautious. But as long as he stays on his A game and he does what we know he can do, um, yeah, I, I think we'll get to see him lay some some quality hands, maybe maybe, maybe eat a few licks here and there. But yeah, I, I think he gets. Uh, I think he wins a decision. I, I think this might be one of those fights where maybe uh, Stevens might get frustrated. He might he might start swinging for the fences. But um, yeah, I'm I'm gonna go with Cater on this one too. Cater by decision. And the last fight of the main card. How this got on the main card, I don't know. I mean, I do know, but... Ugh. Greg Hardy versus Jorgen DeCastro. This is a Jorgen DeCastro positive podcast. Yes. So, uh, for this fight, it is. <laughs> Oh, he was the guy from the Contender Series, right? Maybe, I don't know. like the kid? I don't know. I They're all round, and I don't pay any attention to any of them. Like, I'm, <laughs> Yeah, he was the one with, like, the daughter. I think that was him. Yeah, yeah, I, I like him, yeah. Jorgen DeCastro, man. Yeah, I like his name. Um, Jorgen. There he goes. It's cooler. Cooler than Greg. Actually, no, I know what Greg. My bad, Greg. He might listen to this, too. Greg, you're cool. Greg, I don't... <laughs> I Greg don't Hardy. apologize for Sensei. He's right. Jorgen's a better name. Yeah, Greg. Greg, Greg Hardy is a cool. <laughs> but uh, my first thought when I saw this fight was like, Greg Hardy, don't you have asthma? And you out here with COVID running around? I wanted to say Whatever. something, but it would be too dark for this podcast. Yes, yeah, we'll we'll move on. I'm I'm just gonna speak for both of us and say we're both picking the Castro. I'm picking this event not to happen, but yeah, let's go with that. Okay, yeah, the Castro was the guy who had, had the daughter. He was, uh, like really, really like poor before all this. Yeah, the Castro man, underdog, work working man, work working man's fighter man, blue blue collar. Did he knocked somebody yeah. out with a leg kick once. I think so. That was the serious fight that he was losing yeah, before yeah. he ended the leg kick and ended the fight. Hey, man. <laughs> I mean, any yeah, way I you can you get, get it done. Any way you can get it done. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. We, 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 yeah. We, we, I'll speak for both. We both got you. We're going to cast you. We, we're not going to really spend a lot of time on that fight. All right. Um. So, that was the main card. Moving on to the prelims. Things get uh, a, little, a little interesting. Yeah. If, you can, yeah. if that's the word. 
<laughs> yeah, that's the word you want to use. So the feature prelim rematch. Some my my memory's bad. I'm gonna say two, three years later. I can't remember exactly when it happened. Twenty fifteen. Is that when it happened? Hold up, let me check. Donald Cerrone versus Anthony Showtime Pettis. Twenty thirteen. God damn, that's been a Jeez. minute. Mm. Um, I'm gonna have to go with the same fighter. <laughs> yep. I don't think the results of this fight changes, unfortunately. Um, yeah, Donald Cerrone is not a guy who has changed. Uh, okay, he's gotten better at boxing, but so do the like. A question from the Heavy Hands podcast that they ask a lot in rematches is, do styles change over time? Like, do guys adapt to styles over time better? And the answer is almost always no. Like, the reason you lost the first fight is the reason you lost the second fight. Like, uh, an example would be, like, Kevin Lee losing to Ally Quinta, even though they were both heading in, like, completely different directions with their career. Um, And, like... Donald Cerrone is still a very slow first-round fighter. He's still very susceptible to being kicked, as we just saw. And he's only gotten less durable as the years have gone on. He's been knocked out in his last three fights. Uh, well, I guess obviously the Tony Ferguson fight wasn't a knockout, but he you know, stopped. Um, and he's been stopped less than, uh, more than three times in less than a year. Yeah. And I would... I would feel more comfortable picking Cerrone if it wasn't for the fact that his last couple fights have just been really brutal. Like, he's really been put through the ringer. And I just don't know how much is really is really left. Didn't he break his nose three months ago? I don't know. It sounds about right. That's when the Connor <laughs> fight was. Yeah, it sounds about right. Like, he's really been going through it. Um, and on the other end, Pettis has just been out here, really win or lose, he's been out here just having a blast. <laughs> except the man has just been out here. Huh? Except, well, his last, well, Nate, like, Pettis has also been, like, struggling. Like, he, he struggled after that first round with Nate, he, and he struggled the entire way through the Carlos uh, Diego Ferreira fight. But, but I feel like the reasons that he struggled in those fights won't be present in this matchup. Yes, exactly. Like, Cerrone is not going to pressure him against the cage and take him down or right. punch him to the body. He's going to stand yeah, in the that's, middle that's... of the cage and have a awkward middle-distance kickboxing match in which he gets knocked out. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, and don't don't get me wrong. Because of how kind of like reckless <laughs> Pettis has been lately. I think he he'll give himself an opportunity to lose. Like Cerrone might have a couple of moments where he's able to win if he can take advantage of a situation. Just because Pettis been out, he's been wilding out lately. For better or worse, he's been out here just he don't really care. Um, it's resulted in some really fun fights, just not always a win. But yeah, I just I don't think Cerrone has enough really left in the tank. And Pettis just still younger, you know. Is he? Really just kind of, 
slug it up. Is he? Yeah, he's 30. How old is Cerrone? I have no idea how old either one of these guys are. Pettis is 33. Damn, man. I remember when Pettis Cerrone's was like happy. in his late 20s, I already thought he was getting old. Let's see, Cerrone is 37. Yeah. Okay. So. <laughs> yeah. 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 Just Pettis still younger. Still got some, some pop in his, a little bit of pop in his hands. And just Cerrone hasn't been able to just absorb a lot of damage lately. He's been just getting really battered out there. Um, so, yeah, I, I got to go with Pettis on this one. Uh, I'm going to say he gets a stoppage in the second round. I'm going to say second. Uh, but, yeah, both 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 rolling with Pettis on that one. It'll be a fun fight while it lasts, though, I think. All right. Moving on. Heavyweights. 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 They're back. They're yeah. back. <laughs> I mean, the last heavyweight fight we'll have to talk about on this card. A matchup that I don't know if any of us asked for, but we're going to get it. So we haven't seen uh, Fabricio Verdum in a while, but he's back. After snitching. And, hey, man. <laughs> hey, man. Sorry, nigga. I'm just trying to go home. <laughs> Coming back from his corroboration with the feds. <laughs> Coming back from the uh the federal protection program after ratting out everybody. Fabricio Redoom returning against Alexi Olenek. Um I would bring up age in this fight, but at heavyweight, I don't think age really matters. Also, they're both older than 40. Together, they might be over yeah. 100 years old. Right. <laughs> they're close. I think for Doom's like 40. He's like 45 or 40. I don't know. He's old. He's old. Dude, y'all can't tell me that fucking Olenek is in 50-something. What up? Yeah. Olenek, it claims that Olenek is 42, but, you know... Creating a terrorist organization um, to, to 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 be a proxy for Russia in U- in the Ukraine seems like it would age another like twenty years. <laughs> That's so, a thing that happens yeah. that I will never forget. <laughs> Anytime I see Olenek's name, Olenek's lived a crazy ass life. He had that. His daughter lived through like Parkland, like. He's he got submitted by Chael Son in all traumatic events. Well, how 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 do you have this fight playing out? The battle of the uh, our, our our two seniors here. Um. So last time I saw someone tweeted that Owen Nick had lost like a good amount of weight and he was down to like two twenty five. And the last time we saw Fabrizio Verdum. He was on steroids or PEDs or whatever, and he looked like <laughs> shit. He got tired after like three minutes of fighting. Grappling, mind you. He was in, um, what's his name's guard? Volkov's guard. Um, I'm, I'm torn. I'm too, like... <laughs> you know what? I'm going to give it to Verdum because I think, well... Wait, no, Verdun's been knocked out. Um, no, yeah, I'm gonna give it to Verdun. I'm gonna say Olenek has um, 
me see. Uh, got knocked out by Will Harris, got knocked out by Overy. Neither one are literally either one, one the two, um, like, they're not very similar, but you know what? I'm, I'm going to give it to Verdum. He still knows how to do Muay Thai. Um, I don't think, unless he gets really, unless Verdum gets really tired, I don't think Olenek will be able to get that easy little choke on him. But, you know, it's heavyweight. Like, don't bet on heavyweight. It's 50-50. Who cares? I would say, like, everything in my mind and body and heart is telling me that Redoom is going to win this fight. But for no rhyme or reason, because it's heavyweight, and because he's at least been more active lately, I'm going to say Olenek wins this somehow. I don't know how. It's going to be a wacky, stupid fight. (laughs) It's going to be a heavyweight fight. And somehow I just think Olenek, by by luck, or chance, I don't know, by heavyweight, being heavyweight. Uh, I, I'm, going, I'm going with Olenek. Olenek by, uh, I'm going to say Olenek by submission. Boom. I just dropped three nickels, if y'all heard that. I don't know if that, that was my boom. But <laughs> that, that was the, um, uh, the Rubuzela. Yeah, there we that's, go. The, that's the amount of money I feel comfortable voting on this fight or betting <laughs> on this fight. <laughs> so, I'm going to go with Olin. Whoa. Wait. Battle of the two seniors. So, I got breaking news for you. Oh, boy. Um, Bellator still planning to hold about 30 events by the end of 2020. Assuming they start in early July, having already canceled their single June event in Chicago, that would leave somewhere around 27 weeks to put on 26 fight cards. Uh, Sensei, I think you were right to cancel the, the podcast. <laughs> I, and I haven't really addressed that much, that this COVID thing has really thrown off <laughs> the plans of this podcast. This podcast was supposed to be ending in like two weeks. This, this podcast was supposed to be done last weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we would have gotten Tony Habib... That would have played out, however, would have played out, and then we would have done a final episode, and then that was that was supposed to be it. That was supposed to be the high that, note that we yeah, went off on. And now, <laughs> and now, like I don't know how this is gonna end because so, like, the world is. I, when we when you, we figured when we realized that our last card was gonna be um, Khabib Tony, I think we both said like that's not gonna happen. I don't think we planned for it to not happen like this. No, no. <laughs> nobody, nobody saw this coming. Oh my god, I can't even end my own podcast. Like I don't even know how to end it now. They won't. <laughs> they won't let me end it. This is all. This like is all I was happening because of the, the podcast. <laughs> I was dead set on ending. Like man, Tony Habib, that's gonna be it. That is the perfect last card to cover. And that's that's gonna be it. And it's next to be you. Yeah. It's gonna be Cejudo Cruz. And now it's like we still got two like, weeks for somebody to get hurt. God. <laughs> and now I'm just like I don't I don't know what I'm doing. Like, do I end it on this May 9th card? If that, I don't know, man. I don't know what I'm doing anymore. Anybody... I, I don't know, man. Nah, it's we're all freestyling it at this point. Just wild out, wild out. 
Yeah, I just I don't know, guys. This this podcast was supposed to end in like a week, and now I just I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Boy, life is life is funny. It is it is funny. <laughs> but moving on, man. No more heavyweights. We're done with them. Yay. Uh, I like this. I like this matchup, man. We're going down uh, women's uh, straw weight. Yeah. One of my favorite divisions. Carla Esparza versus Michelle Waterson. That's a good one. So yeah, I, when I saw this, I was like, hmm. Now that's that's an interesting matchup. That's a good one. Um, because this is kind of one of those. This this is like a pick. This is a pick 'em for me, because I could envision both of them winning this. Um. Hmm. This is hard. It's a good matchup, man. Um, while Michelle Waterson not the uh, the word, she's like a good. God, I, I don't. I don't know how to explain. I don't want how to explain this without it coming off as like a shot. Because <laughs> I don't want it to sound like that. Just go bite your teeth and and fight through it. Post through it, Mike. <laughs> she she's like a. She's a creative striker, but not the best striker at the same time. Like she's not very out here throwing. Yeah, yeah. She'll catch you with a side kick. She got she got some good kicks, but there isn't like a lot of. I don't know if fluidity is the word. Just if you watch her, y'all think you know what I'm. Hopefully, you understand what I'm trying to say. Hey, my, my issue with Mich- uh, Michelle Larson is like, okay, you got this. Uh, it's a lot of issues I have with Holly Holm, but Holly Holm is big and strong in a division that does not have a lot of big and strong fighters. Michelle Waterson's undersized in a division right. that has Torres and Rose Namajunas and Weili Zhang. Like, and, like, and Tatiana Suarez. And Tatiana Suarez, exactly. Like... A bunch of big, strong women who are able to get inside your reach of the reach of your legs and take you down or bully you in the clinch or just uh, sidestep you and head kick you like Rose Namajunas did. So, like, so it's a struggle for her. Um, She's done way better than I thought she would, to be honest with you. When she first signed, I thought she'd be three and out. Yeah, no, yeah, she's... Considering how undersized she is, she has done more, I think, than hold her own. Like, she is definitely an atom weight. And Not she anymore. somehow manages. I, I'll give her. At one point. At one, when she started, she was an atom weight, but she has yeah. filled out a lot. Uh, she, she put on a lot yeah. of muscle. But I, just my problem with her is that I feel like. I don't know. Maybe it's a. I don't know if it's a Greg Jackson thing. I, I just feel like she hasn't. She never really hit to me like that next level. Like, I never saw that. Like, every fighter comes in, they fight one way, they go through a couple of losses, and then they're forced to kind of take that next step so that they can keep floating with the with, with the big dogs of the division. And while she still managed to keep herself somewhat in the conversation, I just... The eye test is telling me, like, I, I haven't really seen that improvement that I was hoping that I would saw. Meanwhile, Esparza has, I don't say she's leaps and bounds better than when we first saw her, but she's definitely been making 
excuse me, in my opinion, I think some improvements. The striking has gotten a little bit better. It's not great, but it's it's it's, 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 it's something now. Striking, like, it's very interconnected with her wrestling. It's not very yeah. um, pretty. It's not very, like, but it's structural. It makes sense for the context of what she wants to do. And she's very good at using strikes to set, to hide takedowns. Like she is legitimately right. one of the best in the uh, the women's divisions who's able to do that. Um, like it's, it's, it's kind of the complete opposite, of, like Michelle Watterson, who like um, kind of relies on her opponents bull rushing her to get like her trip takedowns and stuff. Right. Um, but like. Uh, so the issue I'm running into with Michelle Watterson is in the UFC, when was the last time she won a fight by actually like out kickboxing her opponents? Because mm. she took that, that, like, if memory serves, she took, she's taken basically everybody she's fought down. Um, or she's tried to anyway, like, and everybody she's beat, like, hold up, um, I'm gonna go through my running tally of fights to see, like, she took down, um, Paige Van Zandt, which, you know what, fair enough, Paige Van Zandt, super athletic, the only place she really was never gonna, uh, the only place she wasn't a threat is on the ground, whatever. Um, I get, uh, uh, so okay, this Felice Herrick, and she took her down in that fight, but it's Felice Herrick. She tried to take down Tisha Torres, and she had some success, but she didn't win that one out. Um, I'm trying to remember the uh, who was it? The Joe Clark fight? What was it? Uh, her last couple. She fought. She fought you Casey. Courtney Casey, uh, Carolina. I'm trying to remember the Carolina uh, fight. Um, she outboxed Carolina? Carolina. I don't remember that fight, but Carolina's last couple fights have been rough. So, <laughs> yeah. right, Let me look on Twitter. Morrison, Carolina. I want to say she just took Carolina down. Wouldn't surprise me. Wouldn't surprise me. And it's like she she has a good ground game, so I don't know. Like it, it could get interesting if it goes to the ground because I, I don't think Michelle would be completely lost. But I I feel like Asparza would just win. Like she'll probably win just based on output and pressure. Like I'm not gonna say I don't think she gets a stoppage. Um. On Waterson, but I I think she just she'll just be able to outwork her. Um, and I I feel like the only, like I said, Waterson maybe will have a chance if Esparza does rush her. Rush her, maybe she catches Esparza with a trip. Um, you know, she she works something off the ground, makes that work, or. If by chance she happens to land one of those wild, you know, sidekicks or whatever, cracks Waterson, something like that, gets her to the ground, able to choke her out or something. But, 
it's a close fight. I think it's going to be a good matchup, but I, I think I got it. I, I, I want Waterson to win, but if I'm being honest, I, I got to go with Esparza. So, I was going to say this is the first time I think Waterson's fought an opponent she's bigger than, but I just remember she fought Tisha Torres, and Tisha Torres is also like five foot. But Tisha Torres is also built like a mini tank. So yeah, I was gonna say yeah, she's she's like dumb strong. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I I think I'm gonna stick with uh, Carla Esparza. Um, yeah, I, I just think she's gonna have the wrestling and top to control edge. Um, I don't know how the fight looks beyond that though. I like, I like does because Esparza tends to sit at range before like jumping in with those leap those looping punches. Is that going to work against somebody like Waterson, whose whole entire game is like keeping you at range with the kicks? Um, it's not it's not a gimme fight either way. Yeah. It's it's a pick me. Like anybody picking Waterson, I, I really couldn't argue against you either. And, uh, like, it's, it's a really really close match. Yeah, and Waterson is a very decent like uh, clinch striker. Like she has done some work in the with the knees and stuff, at knees and elbows. So, you know, um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not 100 percent on uh, how this fight's gonna look, but I, I think I have to go with Sparza. Actually, you know what? I'm a switch. I'm a switch. I'm gonna go Waterson. I think you're just being contrarian. You're just picking right. against me. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Stamp it. I don't care. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Waterson. I'm gonna go. She had a nice little streak going before she ran into Joanna, and Joanna is Joanna, man. Okay, I can't. I ain't gonna fault you for that. I'm gonna go Waterson. Yeah, I'm just being a contrarian. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, I can't be a contrarian on this next fight because this this is a. Had this fight been announced like a couple years ago, I'd I'd you know I'd I'd be a little more ecstatic maybe. But uh, in 2020, I don't know how I feel about this. The tough dad division. Middleweight. I don't think either of these guys qualify to be tough dads. They're still in too good physical shape. But um, Thackeray could be a tough dad. He's got a dad face. He does. He does. But <laughs> you're, you're running is like that weird uncle you have who like. Yeah. Who's, who, who, who's like in your in your Facebook Messenger and he's like sending you soaps? <laughs> he's like, you should really think oh. about buying the soap. It just changed my life. That's the new new natural soap, made of uh, I don't know, some natural. I don't know <laughs> whatever they make natural soaps out of. Like, like he's always trying to get you to go to yoga with him. He just now started getting his life back together. Yeah, he he went through a really messy divorce in his late twenties, and yeah, he he wants you to be a part of that journey of his growth. Exactly, he wants, he wants you to experience that with him. He's trying he's trying to pull you out of your troubles too. But uh, Jacare Souza versus Uriah Hall. How how you see this one playing out? It's um, a wacky fight. It is right. It's so weird because like. If you had asked me a year or two ago, I would have been like, oh, Jack Ray's going to win this easy. And he still might, but we just saw him 
like just completely freeze up mentally against um, Jan Blachowicz. Granted, that probably has more to do with Jan Blachowicz being a, like a light heavyweight and really big. Um, but like, he looked decent against Jack Hermanson. It's just Jack had like a better outboxing game plan. Like, here's a I can totally see like Uriah Hall just timing Jack right early and knocking him out. <laughs> but I could also see Jack Ray just fucking destroying Uriah Hall with a left hook like everybody else does, taking him down and like getting him out of there really quickly. Also worth noting, Jack Ray is literally training his garage for this fight. Like, uh, there at the begin like two weeks ago they posted uh, he posted that he, he talked to like an interviewer and was like yeah no I'm training in my garage with some of my buddies so who know like it's really important when you're with, in those like later years of your career that you get like good training I don't know how good his training is if he's like in his garage um you know what fuck it Uriah Hall. Uriah Hall. This is, so, this is such a wacky fight, man. He's got the momentum. Like, like I think that fight he had with ACJ is like one of the best fights he's had in the UFC, even though he got taken down and uh, beat up a little bit. Like, he looked like he was patient. He didn't overexert himself. Uh, he didn't, like, this is like a terrible striker. Uh, he didn't get walked onto a left hook. Um, so you know what? I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Uriah Hall. He's got some momentum. He's won two fights in a row. Um, he's younger, though he is 35. Um, and from what I can tell, he's not training in the garage. That being <laughs> that being said, yeah, I I don't know. I don't know what I was gonna say. Oh, this is a mess. Middle, middle, a mess. Middleweight at to- middleweight at times is low key like heavyweight. Hey. Where it's like some of these fights, well, the matchup kind of don't matter because it's just <laughs> well, it's, it's just weird. It's like that, and because like half the division, like half the top of the division is over forty. Yeah, like Yoel and Jacare, just fucking holding on for dear life at the top of the rankings. Yeah, we. Uh... And the one thing to always just honestly keep in context during all of these predictions, like you mentioned, we, we don't know how any of these guys are training. Like, th- <laughs> there's so many outside factors to consider because of COVID and everything. Like, yeah, we don't know like, how any of these, like, these guys, know how anybody's going to look. These guys like, could actually be in the gym, but like have no training partners. Right. So, like, like we, for all I know, know, Jack Ray's guard, like, garage is better than training at fucking extreme couture right now like who right. knows <laughs> like, we really don't know man we re- like th- these weigh-ins are going to be interesting i think dude like there has to be an allowance like all these fights should have been at, like a catch weight yeah none of these should be yeah over under three miss weights yeah oh mm. i'm gonna go over, over. But it's going to be all the heavyweight fights. 
<laughs> Who's coming in at 270? Uh, Jorgen De Castro. <laughs> nah, he's a he's not a big heavy. Oh, well, mm. he's kind of short. He's short, but he's very round. I feel like with Doom, he's been off his old time. He ain't been doing nothing. He's gonna be a solid 268. No, wait. no, no. We'll, I'm gonna see how much Jorgen weighed at his last fight. Why am I seeing him with abs? That's a lie. That is a lie. <laughs> Shout out to York. <laughs> he says his last win, he came in at 265 on the dot. Mm. I believe in you, York. I don't. I believe in you. I do, too. <laughs> Actually, no, I do. I'm in at 270. <laughs> knock out Greg Hardy. Come in at 270 and knock out Greg Hardy. And that's either going to make the UFC... Just get rid of the heavyweight limit, or it's going to be like if you come in at 266 or over, you're not allowed to fight anymore. Mm. My prediction, man, this another just wacky matchup. Uh, this Jockery and Uriah Hall fight, like you said, I could easily picture Uriah Hall timing some crazy kick or something. He stuns Jockery, gets the finish. Could also see Jockery. Somehow getting him down, and then we know how that story goes. Um, Jacare lately has been more willing to stand with people, which in this fight, I don't know if it's, that's the best thing. But then at the same time, it's like Uriah Hall is, he does have momentum going right. And I, I like both of these guys. That's another reason why this fight is hard to pick, even though like I'm, I'm like a diehard Jacare fan, though. So you might see where I'm trying to go with this. I'm going to talk myself into this one. But um, Uriah Hall is on a good streak. But he's still... And I guess you could say the same for Jacare. But I think it's been more of a pattern through Uriah's career. He's kind of a streaky dude, man. Still, he's still one of those guys that from fight to fight, you still don't... like. You still be a little nervous. And it doesn't really matter who he's fighting. Like, matchups, we think he should win. He doesn't. Then sometimes he does. Like, he, he's a toss-up sometimes. And like I said, against uh, uh, Antonio Carlos Jr., he did, he did look pretty good. Um, it's, it's more comes so comes down to, do I trust Uriah to get a knockout? Or do I trust Jacare to be able to take your ride down and get a submission? Um, it's going to be a wacky, a wacky fight because just the, the the way these two gentlemen, the way their fights have been going lately. But I'm going to trust Jacare to somehow get a submission. He's probably going to eat a couple licks. It ain't going to look pretty. Um, but I'm going to trust Jacare in this one. I'm going to say Jacare gets. Uh, I don't know if we go third three rounds, he might be in trouble. Um, I'm gonna say Jacare gets submission in the second after he eats a lot of shots that he probably shouldn't. It's gonna be a fun, wacky fight until it's over. But I'm a diehard Jacare fan. I got I got to ride with my guy, Jack Jacare by submission. All right, Sutter. Yep. Oh, next fight. Violent weight division. A prime violent weight fight. Vicente Luque versus Nico Price. 
You see, that's not fair because Nico Price is a heavyweight, man. Like, you, you can't bet on his fights on what, how good or bad he is because he's not a good fighter. He hits hella hard, though, and he's really tough. So, has Vincente Luke ever been knocked out? Like, I know he's been rocked. I know Wonder Boy beat the crap out of him. But has he ever been, like, knocked out, knocked out? Like, cold. You know what dumb question? It doesn't matter. Nico Price by knockout after losing like a round and a half. You got you got Nico. I had, like Luke can be hit. That that's like a hundred percent. Like Luke can be hit. He's been hit early by like way lesser competition than um than uh, Price. Um, and he's been rocked. Um. Almost finished, um, <clears throat> but I, 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 I'm ha- like any guy who I can see getting hurt like that, I, like get hurt habitually like that, like a guy like Price, I could see them knocking like him. Just like skill doesn't matter; his athleticism, power, and grit will carry him through. Um, Hold on, these two have fought before? No, 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 no. Um, but like I'm thinking like like fight uh. Like the the one counter to that is like, if um, no, they, they have fought before. They have? They fought they fought in two thousand seventeen. Oh shit! When? Where? Luke won by Bravo Choke. I do not remember this. I don't either. This was on the Brunson Machida card. Hold up, I'm gonna look for like a thing on YouTube. Oh, so so you have a motivated Nico Price who wants revenge? Ooh. You know what? I'm a. If he won the first one, I'm gonna take him in the second one. Then fuck it, because fucking Nico Price hasn't gotten better. Let's be real. He's just gotten tough. He hasn't. Hey, that sometimes that's all it takes. <laughs> oh, I'm watching it. I'm watching the end now. Yeah, he's lighting him up. I didn't know that. I forgot. I guess. Um. Shit. Now I found. Now I feel like a like a what you call it. Um. Uh, what's the word? Oh, uh, a bandwagoner. But a yeah, car. yeah, you know, I'm, I'm I'm gonna ride with Fluke then. I was happy. I didn't want to have to pick against him, but you know, facts were telling me otherwise. But apparently, I didn't know the facts. So, Fluke rides again. Uh, Watch Nico Price win on the very first punch. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Cause I'm looking at Price's record, and his last two losses were Jeff Neal and Abdul Razak Al Hassan, two dudes that can hit um really hard. Luke can also hit really hard, and he's also like, you know, has has pretty good like technique. Like he's not just a I mean, he he can sling, but he's not like a sloppy, you know, kind of guy. Like he's pretty well put together technique-wise. I <laughs> I want to be a contrarian so bad, mm, but I I because mm. I've been seeing Nico Price on Twitter. That this man has been itching to fight. Like he has been itching. He has been he has been wanting some smoke. 
Um, I, I, mm, I don't know if I could be a contrarian on this one. I want to. I want to pick Nico, but... Sorry, bro. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to have to roll with Luke too. I, I'm, I'm rooting for Nico, but if I had to pick, I got I to gotta go with Luke on this one. Um, I think we might see a we might see a knockout or a TKO. But regardless, excuse me, welterweight violent weight fight, so it's gonna be entertaining regardless. That's gonna be a fun a fun matchup for while it lasts. All right, we got two more fights left. Uh, next fight, featherweight, I believe featherweight, uh, Bryce Mitchell versus Charles Rosa. I don't even, I don't even know. Like, you, you got any thoughts on this, Sunset? Like, um, my only thought is that I don't think I'm as high on Bryce Mitchell as the rest of the world is. I mean, I can't be very high on a man who buzzsawed his own um, roid region. So, like, it, that that shows um, not a whole lot of uh, togetherness in the mental area, you know? <laughs> uh... I ain't gonna lie. This is this. If there was one fight on the card, I could say I don't really care about. Actually, know what I'm. Actually, no. Yeah, it would be because this next fight, even though it's a 205 fight, there's one guy I want to see win. I'm not really invested in this fight, so I honestly didn't really put a whole lot of thought <laughs> into it. I don't know though. I might actually have to go with Rosa because I feel like. I, I, and I'm I'm basing this just I'm just looking at records. Rosa has fought much better competition. Absolutely. Um, like albeit like um, he's lost to Bryce it. hasn't lost yet. But, but Bryce just looking is at who they like Rosa. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, like, bro, like Bryce's wins are Di Tyler Diamond, Bobby Moffat, and Matt Sales. Like. Charles Rosa has lost, but he lost to Yair Rodriguez and Shane Burgos, which is... Right, yeah, like, he's been in there with some really good... Yeah, like, Manny Bermudez, Shane Burgos, Kyle Bachniak, Yair... Dennis Seaver at the tail end of, like, when he was actually pretty good. Right. Um... Yeah, I'm just gonna base this off a of record. I don't really have no technical breakdown <laughs> for this fight. I'm not that invested in it, but I'm gonna say Charles Rosa might stop stop a hype train. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, I'm a, I'm gonna ride with you on that one. Um, I I I, I don't see it. Um, I, yeah, it's not I don't see it. But like why people are hiring Mitchell, but I I I can see this being that prospect boss. Yeah, might bounce back from him. We'll see. I'm not really invested either way, but I'm going to say Rosa. I'm going to say Rosa. All right. And closing out the card, which technically will be the start of the card. This will be the first fight. <laughs> 205, good old 205, man. Ryan Spann versus Sam Alvey. Ryan Spann, get him out of here. Ryan Spann, knockout round one. Oh, um, 
I think we're going to have to sit through another Sam Alvey boar fest, to be honest with you. Well, actually, hold up. Let me look at Sam Alvey's uh, recent resume real quick. He lost to Clinton Abreu. I think yeah, he got knocked out by Jimmy Crew, knocked out by Lil Nog. Gian Volante beat split decision. Marcin Prashnio. Uh, Rashad Evans, he beat Nate Marquardt, Alex Nicholson. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to ride with you because Ryan Spann um, is big, fast, and hits like a motherfucker. So, like... Yeah. <laughs> like, the, the thing that tends to net Alvy wins is he's able to make the other guy slow down to his pace, but when you're 6'5 and you got fast hands like uh like span does I, I i don't see it being a di- like I, I i can see areas where you can exploit where some of these other guys can't so you know span by knockout boom those are our ufc 249 predictions yeah, see you guys next week okay. exactly <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> for when we cancel this card and uh, right <laughs> and then uh our predictions in this podcast, man, absolutely nothing. Exactly. I mean, we got to have but, fun. Um, I mean, we yeah, got yeah. We got to have fun. And, you know, for how, how long have been recording? I think we're, like, just at two hours. For a little over two hours, you guys got to escape uh, reality for a little bit. We all won. We all won. Just make sure you get Even this exchange. episode out, Sensei, before, um, before uh, you know, they cancel the court. It really looks like a pass. <laughs> I'm gonna get I'm gonna get it out tomorrow. <laughs> We're recording this. It is currently now 10:07 p.m. April 25th. I'm gonna have this out on the 26th. I had this out tomorrow. That's sometime. You, you drop it uh, doing it at like one o'clock. Then it was like the cards off. Right. <laughs> You'll be listening to the intro right as the card gets canceled. Uh, imagine they but, uh, sent that. Imagine imagine you get that Bleacher Report right now. How would you feel? I would I would have an internal debate on whether or not I should actually acknowledge it or just go <laughs> or just <laughs> or just end the podcast like I never saw it and then come back like you know the next day oh my god I can't believe <laughs> and I'm not gonna lie I don't know which one I would pick <laughs> I don't know if I would acknowledge it or if I would just keep going you know I, I can't let them mess up I'm trying to stick to landed man they're gonna mess up the landing. Oh boy, <laughs> what, a, what a time, what a time, but uh, that's, that's all we got, man, for uh, today's uh, podcast, that's our UFC 249 predictions, once again, this will be allegedly happening in um, Florida on May the 9th, uh, ESPN prelims and then the rest will be on pay-per-view you but you know on espn plus but whatever but we may have some sports back so you guys can be happy uh i don't know bull if riding. Can... there you go go watch bull riding go watch uh i, don't know, I gotta see what they playing on like espn3 they're probably getting real desperate it's gotta be something crazy on espn3 guys i'm Where's telling cricket? you i'm telling you this is your opportunity espn is desperate just go to your backyard, make up a sport, and send them some video. 
man, I had it. I was telling people at work, even though I don't play it, I, I had a, a an idea. Like, why do we not film like a World Spades tournament? <laughs> and this, this, this is this, this is the time, man. This is the time, man. We get the World Spades jumping. But uh, yeah. So this card shouldn't happen. I don't know if we said that. Um, shouldn't be putting these lives at risk. But hey, man, it is what it is. I will wish and hope and pray for the well-being of everybody involved on this card. Um, I hope everybody comes out okay. Uh, I hope not to see any Rona cases afterwards. I don't know. We'll, uh, we'll see. We'll see. But that's it for today's podcast. Um, I guess before we get out of here, I don't know. Um, any... I don't know what's the word. Any parting thoughts? Any recommendations? Something you want people to check out while they're on lockdown or, or anything? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't watch. Like I don't watch like anything, and I don't do things. Um, like I I I've been. I'm at the end of my semester for school. Uh, I've been, I was very grateful. Um, this upcoming week, I have no homework. The following week, everything I have to do is due. Um, so I, I've had time real, like, I've been busy, but I've been busy because I procrastinate and I wake up at like noon. Um, cause you know, I'm a bastard. Um, you know, um, I don't know. Like if you're not home alone, like spend time with the people at home, um, you know, take an interest in what they're doing. Um, clean. Oh, um, if you have a library card, there we go. That's, that's the suggestion. Um, so I think I've made this perfectly clear by now. I am a librarian in training, whatever, same thing. Um, if you have a library card, you have access to a bunch of, you might have access to a bunch of movies and books on your phone <clears throat> uh, through apps like Hoopla or Libby. Uh, you just sign in with, if your library has, um, it does business with those uh, companies, you <clears throat> should be able to download a number of books and movies to your phone. You watch them there. If you don't have a streaming service or you, you, know, you don't have a whole bookcase of books you have to work through like I do. Um, and you know you're bored sitting home alone. Uh, they also have audiobooks, graphic novels, um, all types of wonderful stuff. Go check it out. Um, so yeah, there you go. Yeah, something to keep the kids busy, even. Um, all right there on your tablet, iPhone, smartphone, Android, whatever. Yeah. Uh, oh, and on a similar note, um, you know if you're fortunate enough to still like be able to work during all this you still have some income coming in uh you got some extra time i'm not i'm not, I'm not gonna say work i actually did a podcast on this i, I did a solo podcast not two, two a couple weeks ago um like don't don't work yourself to death just because you have extra time but i mean now is the time if you want to you know maybe for like an hour or so a day take up a new hobby you know ingest some new information 
um, read. I have a, uh, all those comic books I got at Comic-Con I never read. I probably need to probably need to get, get to go on. I bought like 10 books and I haven't read any of them. I bought a bunch uh, of the most recent, uh, recent um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle comics like the day before lockdown happened. Um, and I just have not gotten to them. And, and oh, did you have the crossover with the Power Rangers? Uh, no, but I ordered them for work, funny enough. Ah, okay. I heard, I heard that was really good, the, the Power Rangers crossover. I heard it was really dope. Um, but, um, but yeah, no, like, you know, take your time, charge, stare at the wall yeah, if it's comfortable, man. whatever. Yeah, man, like, you know, relax, don't, don't stress out too much, but. Don't feel guilty. At the same time, you know. Yeah, yeah. And don't yeah, don't don't feel guilty for like slowing down. Um, but if you got a little extra time, you know, and you want to take up a new hobby, like I mentioned earlier, um, there there are a lot of websites and stuff now offering uh, a lot of educational tools, a lot of like photography classes, and a lot of things that would normally cost a ton of money, right now are are on discount. So I would just encourage you, you know, just keep your eyes peeled. You might see a something pop up. Maybe it was something you've been you know, you've been wanting to learn a new language and seeing a couple of those uh, classes that have had, like, drastic discounts. Um, so, you know, just keep an eye out, man. Just, you know, entertain yourself, ingest some new information. Take it easy one day at a time. Um, if you're a gamer, clean out that backlog. If you're like me, I know you got a backlog. This, this is definitely the time. Get, get that backlog cleaned up. I've, I've been trying. This is... It's hard, but it's rewarding when you actually beat a game. You're like, oh, now nah, I don't have to worry about trying to beat that anymore. Um, yeah, man, just, you know, take it a day at a time. Don't overwork yourself too much. But, you know, just try to keep yourself just busy enough. But don't don't stress yourself out. If you have and to, definitely, you know, go in your backyard and scream as loud as you can for, like, five seconds and, yeah, you, you, know, know. Tur- you know, get it all out your system. Yeah, or you just go in your car just... On the AC. Like Brian Cranston and Malcolm in the Middle. <laughs> go in your car, turn on the AC, turn on some music, and just scream. Then go back in the house. You'll be alright. Yeah. Nah, man. You guys, man, stay safe out there. Um, as always, you can listen to this podcast SoundCloud, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Google Play, all that good stuff. Send questions to Dodo Talk Podcast at yahoo.com. Hit me up on Twitter. Twitch and Instagram at Serial Sensei. Hit the podcast up on Instagram and Facebook at the Dodo Talk Podcast pages. Follow the Antalkable on Twitter at GC Zeus. And uh, that's about it. So, like I said, I don't know when this podcast is going to end because COVID threw off the whole schedule. So, uh, <laughs> I don't know how this is going to end, but we're still here for now. So, as always, Anytime people are being punched and or kicked in the face, we will be here to talk about it. Until next time, we will catch you guys later.